I'm here because uh, Jono and Yvonne and the girls are away on holidays, having a well-earned time of rest and refreshment. But the good news is we think Jono's back preaching next Sunday. And uh, he's just a fabulous preacher, isn't he? I love his uh, biblical and theological astuteness and his practical wisdom that he brings to us. Uh, week by week. There's so much about Jono that I love, but I also love that he just feels so safe. There's something about him that's safe. Uh, me, not so much. You know, not so much. Uh, this is our second time living in Queensland. The first time we came to live in this beautiful part of God's world was in 2001. And uh, our older three children stayed behind one in england one in adelaide one in melbourne and we came here with our two little ones and soon after arriving uh, anita and i dropped them off at primary school one day and said let's go up to mount me for a beautiful bushwalk so we parked in the gantry took that well-worn path and off we went for our walk uh some way into it i said as i often do darling i think we can get back to the car park that way. And so we wandered off the other path, walked and walked and walked, and it was looking bleak. And uh, my beloved spouse was not overly happy, appropriately so, you can imagine why. And we began to think, oh, what about the children? We've left them at school, we're new in town, we know no one, what's going to happen to the kids if we don't get back in time? Well, there was no phone reception because we were out bush. Uh, and at one stage, we just got a little bit of phone reception. And I remembered that I'd met an AOG pastor, John Johnson, the day before. And his phone number was one digit away from ours. So I rang him and I said, uh, John, this is the guy you met yesterday, David. I have a favor to ask you. Could you pick my two children up from primary school? And he said, well, I know the principal, so leave it with me. All will be well. I'll bring them home and I'll keep them here. Well, the kids were going to be safe, but Anita wasn't feeling good about our kids going to a home and how would they feel? And so Life was rather tense as we kept walking, and uh, it soon became apparent that perhaps we wouldn't find our way back before dark. And then I had my second brainwave. Without reception, I thought, let me try 112, that uh, international number that's similar to triple O. Uh, and I rung. Maybe I was on Optus, and that's why I couldn't get through normally, but... I got patched through to search and rescue, which was wonderful. And the people on the other end said, uh, we'll come out and we'll look for you. We'll send the police as well. And so we kept walking. And sure enough, after a while, this beautiful looking four-wheel drive police, never have I seen a police van that looked so good to me, comes along. And comes along the path, and we're very embarrassed. And I'm saying, oh, I'm so sorry that we got you out here. And the policeman, he was wonderful. He says, look, I used to be in the army before I was a policeman. We used to go off on rec reconnaissance with, uh, I'd have a map and a compass, and I'd still get lost, you know. So it's okay that you're lost. Don't worry. Oh, I'm so sorry we're troubling you guys so much. Don't worry about it. I'd much rather be at Bush over here than back where the people are. And so he was so kind to us. And the best thing of all 
was that he put me in the front seat and he put Anita in the back seat. And because it was a police van, there was bulletproof glass between us. And I knew that I was safe for a while. Yeah. Uh, I find it easy to get lost, but much worse than getting lost myself is when you lose someone else. Now, some of you will probably be able to identify with me. What is it about shopping centers which allows kids to get lost, you know? I don't know about you, but Anita, she can take all five of our children into a supermarket or a shopping center and bring all five of them home. Now, um, to me, that's a wonderful thing because I remember taking one child to Westfield, a little one, holding on to his hand. And uh, as I was looking at a shop window, this hand slipped out of mine. That was okay. I turned around and uh, he was gone. You know, if there's anything worse than being lost yourself, it's losing your child. The panic set in straight away. Adrenaline. Have you ever known adrenaline like losing a child? You know, what nasty kind of person has taken my child? And uh, a tip for you parents, by the way, if you're going to a big shopping center, the first thing you should do is find out where center management is before you go anywhere else. That way you can go straight to center management if you happen to lose a child. It's not a, not a bad tip. If you learned that from me, you've learned something good today, okay? But uh, so I went to center management, uh, went to the male toilets. You know, it doesn't matter if I look like a pervert, creeping down, looking under the seats, you know, seeing if there's some feet underneath over there. Dreadful look. But when you are panicking for your child, uh, things like that fly into the distance. We found our little boy. I found our little boy. Anita wasn't with us. Uh, in the shop next door, sitting on the floor, playing with toys, toys, quite happy, not even knowing that he was lost. Well, the relief in my father's heart as I see my little boy and the delight to know that he was safe. I could tell you many other stories, but much better than me telling you stories about my foolishness about being lost and losing people. Uh, let's hear from the scriptures. We're going to turn to Luke chapter 15 and hear three stories that Jesus told from that. So uh, turn in your Bibles or look to the screen and uh, well I think I can read this off the screen so let's see how we go. Luke 15 and uh, by the way as you read this it's it's a very long passage but look for the things that are in common and look for the points of difference. And if you find those, then you don't need to listen to the rest of the sermon. You've got it, okay? So uh, as we go through the reading, look for that. Now, all the tax collectors and sinners were coming near to listen to him, that is to Jesus. And the Pharisees and the scribes were grumbling and saying, this fellow welcomes sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable. Which one of you, having a hundred sheep and losing one of them, does not leave the 99 in the wilderness and go after that which is lost until he finds it? 
When he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders and rejoices. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. Or what woman, having ten silver coins, if she loses one of them, does not light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? When she has found it, she calls together her friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the coin that I had lost. Just so, I tell you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Then Jesus said, there was a man who had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of the property that will belong to me. So he divided his property between them. A few days later, the younger son gathered all he had and traveled to a distant country, and there he squandered his property in dissolute living. When he had spent everything, a severe famine took place throughout that country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country who sent him to his fields to feed the pigs. He would gladly have filled himself with the pods that the pigs were eating, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, how many of my father's hired hands have bread enough and to spare? But here I am dying of hunger. I will get up and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me like one of your hired hands. So he set off and went to his father. But while he was still far off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion. He ran and put his arms around him and kissed him. Then the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his slaves, quickly, bring out a robe, the best one, and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. And get the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. Now his elder son was in the field and when he came and approached the house, he heard music and dancing. He called one of the slaves and asked what was going on. He replied, your brother has come and your father has killed the fatted calf because he has got him back safe and sound. Then he became angry and refused to go in. His father came out and began to plead with him. But he answered his father, listen. For all these years I have been working like a slave for you and I've never disobeyed your command. Yet you have never given me even a young goat so that I may celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours came back, who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed a fatted calf for him. Then the father said to him, son, 
you are always with me and all that is mine is yours. But we had to celebrate and rejoice because this brother of yours was dead and has come to life. He was lost and has been found. This is the word of God. Thanks be to God. And the beautiful word of God. Stories. Jesus was a great storyteller. And he told these profound stories that were full of depth and meaning. And on this occasion, he told it because of the scoffing of the scribes and the Pharisees who said, what are you doing eating with tax collectors and sinners? Why do you welcome them? Why do you spend time with them? Why do you eat with them? You know, when you read through the scriptures, um, although Luke 15 is part of Luke's uh, travel narrative, Jesus' journey, long journey to Jerusalem, uh, there's lots of eating and drinking within it. Jesus spends time with all kinds of people, everyone from Simon the Pharisee to Matthew the tax collector, uh, but he loved spending time with people who were otherwise seen as lost, and he welcomed them, and he healed them, and he restored them, and he rejoiced with them, and he brought them back to himself. There's something very, very beautiful about that. So when the scribes and the Pharisees say, what are you doing spending time with tax collectors and sinners, with those who are on the outside? Why not spend your time in the right places with the right people? Jesus told them, this parable. Notice that verse 3 says, he told them this parable. So although we read it as three stories, the lost sheep, the lost coin, and the lost son, Jesus told them this parable. He saw it as one story. It was one parable. It was one way of describing to the people the heart that he had, the purpose that he had, uh, the reason that he had for living the way in which he lived. And he did it by telling three stories within the one parable, each of which are slightly different. You've probably picked up on that, but they have this in common. There is more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents. Rejoice with me. The heart of it is not even the finding of the lost sheep or the lost coin or the lost son. But the joy of God, the joy in heaven, in terms of creation, the created beings being restored to who they were supposed to be and whose they were supposed to be. Here is the heart of the message. It's not even about people. It's not about sheep. It's not about coins. It's about joy, the Father's joy, in having the restoration of that which is broken and lost and astray. And it's a beautiful saying. But there are some interesting differences in the three stories that Jesus tells. Uh, and I want you to consider them with me for just a little while. The different kind of lostness that we see in these stories. The first is the story of the sheep who wanders away. There are 99 safe. But the shepherd goes looking for the lost sheep. Now the shepherd is a very common image in scripture all the way from the best known psalm, Psalm 23, the Lord is 
my shepherd, uh, through to Jeremiah 23 or Ezekiel 34 and so many other passages which speak about shepherds and about the place of Israel also being like a shepherd to the nations and to the peoples around. So this imagery of shepherd is very powerful but is nowhere more powerful than in John's gospel when Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. And so he takes to himself this image of the shepherd and when we see the story of the sheep who wanders away we think immediately of Jesus going out to look for the one who has gone astray but I want you to think for a moment about the sheep who has gone astray because we're thinking about the different kinds of lostness within these three stories one parable I'm not too sure that the sheep wakes up one morning and says, today I'm going to wander away from the flock and I'm going to separate myself and get lost. The sheep would have been uh, munching on whatever grass it could find and it finds itself going astray. I doubt that there's anything intentional about the lostness of this sheep. It was just being the sheep. It was doing what sheep do. And it finds itself lost. There's a picture within that of our lostness as well. Uh, even without us choosing to do the things that are wrong or to go astray, there's something about the human condition, we are told, which means that inadvertently and inevitably we get lost. Uh, it helps us to understand some of those great doctrines like original sin and total depravity and all those terms which I can struggle with. What does it mean you know, for the human condition to be naturally sinful and to go astray? Well, we see it not just in the story of the sheep who inadvertently finds itself lost, but we see it in our story as well and in our common condition as human beings. Well, after Jesus tells about the 99 sheep who are safe, but the one who is lost, he goes on to speak about the woman who has 10 coins, you know, perhaps her dowry saved for a wedding, whatever it is, these 10 coins are really precious. One coin gets lost, perhaps knocked off the table, rolls into a corner under a bed somewhere, and the coin is lost. The woman lights a lamp and sweeps and searches and eventually finds the coin and says, come, celebrate, rejoice with me. I found this lost coin. Well, if we're thinking about lostness initially, um, what's a lost coin got to do with our human condition? Plenty. You know, the coin even less so than the sheep, can't lose itself. And very importantly, the coin, once it's lost, can't find itself. It can't find its way back from under that bed and back onto the table, back among the nine who are safe, back with the woman. The coin cannot restore itself. Its lostness is a profound lostness which it can do nothing about 
Even as the scripture says, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. So there is this, this sheep-likeness of us. We've gone astray. So too the scriptures assure us that there is essentially nothing we can do to restore our relationship with God. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. The coin that was lost can also be a description of our human condition and our inability to find ourselves away from the lostness. You know, we're far more likely to think in terms of the parable of the prodigal son, the two sons, and one of them gets lost. And we can kind of live, live with that imagery a lot more easily. We know what it's like to make wrong choices, to do things which uh, we know are wrong, and yet we choose to do that. And so in many ways, this, the more familiar parable, the parable of the prodigal son, is the one that speaks to us. And there's definitely that sense of lostness as well. You know, no one needs to convince me uh, that I've sinned in the past or that I will sin in the future or that I am a sinner because of the things that I do. Uh, I'm well aware that I'm just like that son who squanders his inheritance and who loses his status, who takes what should have been in the future and wants it for the now and in wanting it for the now just messes it up and gets it wrong. So we kind of get that. But when you put those pictures together, those pictures of lostness, of the sheep, of the coin, and of the sun, we get this incredible indication of what it means for the estrangement and the lostness and the sinfulness of the human condition and how impossible it is for us to find ourselves to restore ourselves to come back into right relationship out of our lostness it's a tragic situation if it wasn't for the shepherd the woman and the father and here is our hope because it's not just who we are and what we can do but it's who that shepherd is, that woman is, and that father is that calls us back and gives us hope and meaning. And the wonderful thing is it's not about us. Rejoice with me, says the shepherd, the woman, the father. You know, they long and love to have lost things restored. There's joy in heaven. It's about the end game. It's about what it looks like in the future. And, you know, while we can easily identify the shepherd with the good shepherd, Jesus, I'm, uh, I'm uh, under the debt of great Baptist British preacher C.H. Spurgeon, who uh, highlighted for me the fact that the woman represents the Holy Spirit, not only in the feminine form, but also this imagery of light. And the woman and the light that's lit, says Spurgeon, speaks of the Spirit of God. And the Spirit of God at work in finding the things that are lost which cannot come back. And the work of the Holy Spirit in that transaction. And the Father, of course, the beautiful, good, waiting Father. If you see that story on its own and as not part of the one parable, it's possible to say, 
why does the father just wait? You know, why doesn't he send the servants out? Why doesn't he go looking like the shepherd did and like the woman did? Why does the father just wait? Uh, I haven't got time this morning to unpack uh, all of that beautiful part of the story. There are so many profound senses of meaning in terms of the role of the father and of the elder brother uh, who ident- who's identified more, more with the scribes and the Pharisees. But I want to just focus upon the fact that here in this story, we have father, son, and spirit, the triune God who together are involved in our salvation, in calling us back into relationship, in calling us back into wholeness, in restoring us to who we were meant to be. As I said, I'd love to spend more time on on that part of the parable. I just haven't got time today. Uh, But take it from me, it's rich in imagery about everything that the father, the humiliation of the father when the son says, give me half my inheritance. It's as if he's saying to the old man, it's like you are dead already. You know, I'm out of here. Uh, The humiliation of the father who runs to meet his son. You know, what Middle Eastern man does something like that. Uh, There is so much about how the father puts himself in this awful position because he loves the son and he wants the son back and so here we have father son and spirit the triune god who's involved in finding the lost person and calling us back to ourselves now you know uh there is a fundamental spiritual sense of lostness Uh, which is part of this story, and it's about restoring us to who we're meant to be. Uh, All of us are created in the image of God. We have an inherent dignity, uh, sons and daughters of the king. Uh, But it's not just in terms of who we were created to be, but it's in terms of who we are called to be, in terms of the end game, the telos, the end point, uh, which is the restoration and the recreation, uh, the reconciliation of all of creation. So that heaven rejoices with the restoration of the brokenness that happened all the way back in the Garden of Eden and which has seen this trajectory until in the cross of Jesus we find the fullness of the work of God who has always been calling people back to himself. Um, A a quick aside, you know, uh, I, I love the fact that the first question that God asks in the scriptures is in Genesis chapter 3 when uh, Adam and Eve having sinned and they've hidden themselves from God, they're seeking to cover their nakedness and to hide away from God. And God comes walking in the garden and says, where are you? It's a great question, isn't it? Where are you? It's a question that in many ways God doesn't need to ask. He knows, you know, he knows where they are. He knows what they're about. But the question, where are you, is designed for them to look into themselves and say, where am I? What have I done? You know, what's this all about? And the dialogue continues. The where are you is this searching God who seeks relationship. And this where are you question comes to us time and time again. It comes to us in terms of our fundamental relationship with the one who loves us so deeply, the Father, Son, and Spirit, the Shepherd, the Woman, and the Father, 
who searches, who rejoices, who wants us back into relationship. And today the where are you question may be to the one out of the 99 who just knows that they're lost and that they don't belong in relationship with the Father. The, the one out of the 10 coins who says, you know, I've found myself in such a position, I don't know what to do about it. I can't find my way back. And the beautiful message is that there is a waiting father who just wants to rush out and embrace you and welcome you home and say, it's okay. I want you with all that you've done, with all of your lostness, with every way in which you're lost, I want you. And so, if you are that one who really feels out of relationship with God and not sure what you can do about it, know that you have a God who loves you deeply, who hasn't just gone out to find you, but who has given himself for you in the person of Jesus. The cross speaks of the deep, deep love of God who so wants you in relationship, who rejoices when you come home, who knows that this is your end, that this is your destiny, that he really wants for you. But just really quickly... Uh, there are many other ways in which we can be lost as well. I think about the fact that uh, we talk about our sense of identity and there can be that loss of identity. There can be a loss of purpose. There can be a loss of our sense of value. There can be a loss of our failures. It all comes when we are looking for who we are in the wrong places, when we're looking for it, whether it be in our sexuality or our relationships or our job or our status or the things that we are earn or the things that we own, any of those things which speak into to us and become our core identity result in a lostness. Because that's not who we are. That's not who we are designed to be. First and foremost, we are designed to be in relationship with Father, Son, and Spirit, with our God. This is our true home. This is our true identity. This is our true place of belonging. This is who we really are. And anything else that we substitute for that, good as it might be, relationships are good. God's, are, you know, jobs are good. Things that we have can be good. Uh, none of those make up. And if we seek to find fulfillment and meaning and purpose in any of those things, we ultimately have a lostness which can only be restored when we find ourselves found in the love of God. So today as I conclude and as the music team comes to take us out in a beautiful, beautiful closing song, just listen to the words, let it wash over you. Um, my message isn't simply for the one who knows that they're out of relationship with God. I think that's the primary, that's the primary target message if you like you know if you know that you are out of a relationship with God and you need to come home and say father I have sinned against heaven and against you you know I don't deserve to be here and please say that come to the father you know speak those words of recognizing your lostness but also trusting in the goodness of God who loves you and who wants to find you and to give you that meaning so if you're lost like that today be found be safe find your purpose in Jesus but also if you are lost by trying to find your value and your identity and your purpose in any of the things that are secondary, rather than resting in the security that you have of being a child of God who is loved by God, who is 
valued by him, who God who rejoices over you, who joys over you with singing, with delight, then put that aside. Confess the wrong things, the wrong spaces into which you have gone. And come back to your true purpose, your true identity, to the true meaning that you have as a child of God, over whom heaven rejoices when they see you. Let me pray for you quickly before I hand to the music team and then to Jill. Lord God, you are such a good, good God. You love us more than we deserve. You love us even when we don't deserve it. You're the good, good father who are deeply distressed over the loss of one child and who wants that back. And you've done everything. You've given yourself in the person of Jesus for us. We accept your love. We rest in your love. We relish your love. We embrace your love. We relax in your love. We are safe. Safe in your love. We are found in you. And we're glad for that, Lord. We are glad for that. We're glad to find meaning and purpose and identity and fullness and restoration and life. This son of mine was dead. It's now alive, was lost and has been found. This is us, Lord God, we come to you. We put aside the many false gods, the many idols in our life through which we seek to find meaning and purpose and identity, and we come to the love of a good, good father, of a loving shepherd, of a spirit who finds us when we cannot find ourselves. And we say thank you as we rest in you. Amen. Be blessed as you sing of the chasm which has been brought together, of the healing and the restoration which comes through the cross of Jesus.